Welcome to Hearsay Social on the Air, episode 88. We love to make great products. Google's mission is to organize Yahoo is about making this It's an incredible day on Wall Street. The Mal, the research program that I'm going to describe. More difficult inventions. Around the clock, Coming to you from our world headquarters in San Francisco, welcome to Hearsay Social on the Air. I'm Victor Gaxiola. And I'm Melissa DeSantos. And it's so good to have you back on the show. It's good to be here. Yeah, I've missed you. I've missed you. We've had a lot of great guests, but I know you've been really, really busy. We've had a few things going on in the marketing yeah, department. Just a so. few things. Well, one of the things <laughs> that we're hoping to talk about today, and actually the whole show is built around it, we've got two very special guests. We've got, returning to the show, uh, Mark Gilbert, our Vice President of Product. Welcome back, Mark. Thank you. And we also have uh, Robert McCloy, who's the Director of Engineering. Welcome. Thank you, Victor. So today we are looking to talk about Hearsay 360, and I know it's been kind of an evolved process for us to get there, and so I'm just kind of curious on what kind of led us into this direction. Yeah, that's a good question, Victor. So as you're saying, it is a, it's kind of a road we've been on for a bit now, and you know, as the company started off and we were heavily invested in social media and, and getting financial advisors, insurance agents, all these relationship managers on social, uh, we've seen a lot of success with that, and I think one of the learnings that we've had coming out of that, though, is that just like the technologies for social are hard for these people to get at, there's a whole set of things going on really in digital marketing and often what we call the digital direct world, so things are done on their corporate websites and things like that, that these individuals just don't have access to. Mm -hmm. And uh, so as we've started working with our clients and customers and talking with them, you know, they have a set of challenges. And one of the big ones has been that it's very hard for them to get new modern tools in this space at the local level, really at the advisor and the relationship manager level. And then the second one is that these people are having to move around between like literally eight and sometimes 10 different tools to try to get their job done mm -hmm. to work with people. And uh, I think everyone knows that, you know, people who manage relationships really want to be spending their time with their clients and their prospects and talking with them, not frankly using technology or becoming experts on it. And so just like we did with social, we started this effort to get these other channels and all these other capabilities built out into one system for them. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's really the, the start of Hearsay 360. And it just reminds me, so Misty Farouk here with uh, Golden Gate Wealth Management in San Francisco, we went and visited her office and you walk in and they have the dual screen with like multiple windows open. So a lot of this is trying to simplify all that for them. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And I think part of the simplification is it's also that, you know, an advisor or an agent, what they do best is this stuff in person, right? So it's actually meeting for lunch, it's meeting for coffee with their clients. And so as much as we can simplify, reduce the number of systems, the number of browsers, the number of tabs open, and then also just allow them to free up time to do what they do best. Um, you know, we've always been doing that even from like just the social media days. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally right. I mean, I think there's a lot of complexity. Um, advisors have a lot of tools. Frankly, some of these tools are so complex that advisors just don't use them, right? So there's a lot of missed opportunity out there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's where we think 
opportunity for 360s. Well, and I think one of the other things, too, is we, we've often go out and say, you know, we're not expecting, and this actually came up at the Limer Social Business Conference in Boston, was you're not expecting advisors to be specialists when it comes to marketing and technology on their own, right? They're looking for tools to make that process simple and easy for them to use. And so yeah, I know that we as a team, and I'm looking to both Robert and, and uh, Mark, that when it comes to the development of the product and the enhancements, you're looking for simplicity. You're looking to make that user experience much, much easier. That's absolutely right. Yeah, we spend uh, a lot of time just to that point around things like engagement, how do we get people in the system, and frankly, let them know what they need to do versus them hunting around looking for data. And uh, they are, they want to get in and out in a, you know, in a rush. And one of the things we do on the design side is try to make sure that people can get in and out of the system in minutes a day because uh, that's frankly how they want to work. And we kind of view every minute we get of their time every morning as, as pretty valuable and what's the most efficient use of that minute that we can that we can use. And it's just people are used to these days with consumer apps that make their lives easier and all of their relationships easier. So why should you have to manage it differently with like your business contacts, right? Like people are used to Facebook Messenger, right? Victor, I know your kids are on Snapchat and they were probably the first users of Instagram stories a couple yeah. weeks ago. Um, and, and so you have these advisors who are having to separate what they do professionally because of a lot of compliance requirements and we're trying to make that easier. But then they are also using consumer tools and they're using things like Slack and they're using things like Facebook Messenger, Instagram Stories. Um, how do you kind of build that world, uh, or kind of move them closer together, so it's the same set of tools? So recognizing that we, as an organization, and we've got the benefit of actually working with a large number of financial services companies across the various lines of business, uh, seeing the patterns that they have on social, seeing the patterns they have on how they use messages and mail and websites, what is 360, and how does that, how does it bring it all together? Yeah, it's a good question. And so, like, as I look at 360, there's uh, there's really two big pieces to this. I think from like the evolution of of where we were before. One, as we mentioned, is you know like getting everyone enabled on these channels. And a core part of that, which I'll let Robert talk a bit more about, is is essentially a single place to go to understand what they need to do. And it's really getting in, regardless whether that's someone commenting on a social media post, whether that is someone um, spending a lot of time on your website, reading about something, you know, like uh, opening and reading an email, responding to a text message, any of those things. That's a very exciting part. And then the other piece for us that we've seen is with these large companies, um, you know, they, they understandably, they want to measure things. They want to understand what's going on. And so by also getting all of the data from these channels into a single spot, so you can actually start to analyze what is working, right? Like if someone likes a social media post or someone comments, you know, do you have a higher chance of holding them as a client? Do you not? What are the best practices? And a lot of this industry, you know, the best practices were created, frankly, 50 years ago, really when the phone was the primary use of sales. And that's totally changing now with digital. And so people are, you know, learning on their own terms, bouncing around, and uh, a lot of the systems they have today to get data out of, you know, from a corporate point of view, just aren't there. And so 360, we always kind of view as making the advisor and agent's life very easy. And then on the back end, getting the full set of data so that we can actually continue to optimize ourselves and then help our customers as well. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would echo that. Alyssa, I think you said uh, it exactly right earlier. When you go and see people who are using tools out there out there today, um, you know, they've got multiple windows open, they've got multiple monitors. Uh, you know, it's a confusing mess. And it's not only confusing for the advisor, it also means that all that data is in different places and you can't look at it holistically. Um, and that's a problem, obviously, for sort of corporate oversight and supervision. Um, but it's also a problem, frankly, for just figuring out, you know, who are your customers? What are they doing? What should you be doing? Um, if you're looking at six different channels every day, you know, how do you actually gain unified insight into what, what's working and what's not? 
Do you guys feel like the, so Mark, you mentioned like 50 years ago, they sort of, you know, these like field and sales uh, managers sort of knew what a successful advisor or agent, what they did. Like, do you feel like that, that blueprint was there and we, they were able to sort of recruit an ar- like an army in that way and now it's just like, there are new tools, what do we do? Is, is that sort of... Yeah, I think that's, that's a lot of it. Like, obviously, one of the nice things in our in our world, because we're a, you know, a large service where we can look across everything like we see and, you know, everyone. And as you'd imagine, some of these people are knocking out of the park. They're just naturally very good at it. But as far as getting an engine and a system set up that a company can go run, um, we honestly haven't seen a lot of people be, you know, very systematic about that. And so it is like there are, you know, a lot of new people are coming into the industry in a great way. And as you'd imagine, some of those people who are very familiar with social media and digital in the personal way, you know, just like Victor's children's are, if your children are, and, you know, I, I learn from my kids every day on this, um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good energy and learning there, but like, they're not exactly sure which of these practices make sense for business versus personal and then scaling that out and, you know, like getting hundreds, if not thousands of people to be able to do this properly so that we can essentially manage all of these relationships, um, at scale is still something that. Yeah, it's there. You know, there's a lot of guessing going on still. And it's like there's you learn a new app, you learn a new tool, and then there's just like more. I mean, I feel like this as a just a marketer on our team. It's like you know we're on Facebook and we're also and I'm like, when do I tweet this picture? When do I post it on Facebook? I'm making these decisions in real time multiple times per day, and it requires a lot of time and energy. And for an advisor or agent who's constantly being inundated by, okay, there's this new tool. Okay, there's this new technology. At 9 a.m. in the morning, like, what do you do first? And I think that kind of it's sort of segues into this like prescriptive technology that we're trying to provide with this to-do list. Um, Robert, can you talk a little bit about this um, and how we we came to this idea of even developing a prescriptive to-do list? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I would say the idea really kind of comes from from two different sources or two sides of the fence, if you will. Um, on the one side, I think you're totally right. There's a lot of options out there. There's a lot of choices you have. Um, as an advisor, of anybody who's really trying to connect with customers in any business, really, um, you know, what do you do first? What do you do at all? How should you do it, right? There's almost sort of an etiquette um, to a lot of this stuff, like email marketing, perfect example, you know, you'd want to use email, it's a great tool, you don't want to use email too much <laughs> or at the wrong times. Right. Um, so on the one hand, I think there's an opportunity to make people's lives a lot simpler. Um, and, and frankly, take a lot of the stuff that you really shouldn't have to care about out of the picture, right? Like you shouldn't have to be an expert in email marketing. You shouldn't have to be an expert in social media marketing. You know, you really just want to connect with customers however, you know, in whatever way is effective for you and your client base. Um, on the other side, like Mark said, I mean, we do see a ton of data from, you know, this massive group of, of advisors we work with. And, you know, now that we're working across channels, we start to see some insight um, that you can't get in just one place, right? Like, you know, you get some insight out of social media, you get some insight out of email, but when you can sort of connect the two and see what your customers are doing across those channels, that's when we can sort of generate really interesting ideas about, you know, what's going to work for you and your specific, um, you know, customers or relationships, right? It's not one size fits all. And that's, I think, the synthesis of those two ideas is really where the idea for the, the prescriptive nature of this product Mm-hmm. It came from. And I can attest to that being the case because, you know, Kim as an advisor has a number of different clients and she knows exactly, and every good advisor will get to know this after a way, she looks at an entire book of business and she has one subset of clients that she knows she can reach out and will respond to email. And she's got another that she has to call on the phone. 
There are some that are okay with receiving documentation through a PDF and others where she has to print it and send it through the mail. And so as you're talking about all these different silos, I think a lot of the advisors and agents out there understand that, that the fact that their customers are going to be different. They're going to come to them through different mediums and they have to respond through different mediums. And there is no one, you know, one size fits all when it comes to communications with and with your clients. So for an advisor, we talked about the advisor of the future, an advisor who's, you know, uh, using Hearsay 360, what, what is an example of what some of those items would be on a to-do list? When they log into Hearsay Social for the first time, they're connected, they've got an advisor website optimized for uh, search engines, they have uh, social media, they're on a couple networks, and uh, they're using compliant text messaging. Um, what would that to-do list look like? Well, I'll give you um, what, in my mind, is a kind of a perfect example of, of really a best practice that is enabled by this. Um, and it's it's sort of, you know, the scheduled outreach to your customers, either your existing customers or maybe, you know, prospective customers. Um, a lot of what we see people do is really very reactive, right? Somebody reaches out to you and then, you know, you're responding to them via text message or maybe they fill out a lead form um, on your website, you know, put in their contact details. But... Um, you know, a lot of times it can take quite a while for somebody to get comfortable enough with you to, you know, um, give you their business. And one thing we can do because we see all the channels is we can say, hey, you haven't talked to this person in a while. Maybe it's an appropriate time for you to reach out, you know, again. And it might be via text message. It might be via email. It might even be over social uh, and say, listen, you know, I know maybe six months ago wasn't the right time for you to move your accounts over to me. But, you know maybe things have changed. Um, so really that more proactive outreach, right? Like I think a lot of times you think get caught up in thinking about sort of this, you know, the reactive nature of things, you've got incoming requests from customers, um, really taking that next step and being proactive and reaching out can make a huge difference, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a very concrete example. We might say, hey, it's 9 a.m., like go email this specific person and here's like what you sent them last time. Because I imagine there's a difference depending on what your funnel looks like with like sort of new client acquisition, there's a mix of activities that are one to many. So something like posting to social media or posting to your website uh, from content library. And then like that one to one, like you mentioned text messaging. And that's like a little bit, obviously you're going to know someone you text message the first time. Otherwise that's not going to be a great, great conversation. Um, So is that what the, on the to-do list, are we, are we kind of prioritizing those actions? It really depends, I think, on what's right for you and your business, right? Um, now, of course, you know, we can't get things right all the time, but I think a lot of times, you know, we can look at sort of what your business looks like, what your customers look like, and recommend actions that are really specific to your customer base, right? Maybe if you're earlier in your career, you should focus more on outreach and sort of like getting to know more people, right? Um, maybe if you're a little later in your career, you want to focus on retaining the business you have, and maybe you have a large book of sort of prospective customers that, you know, you just need to follow up with and you don't need to focus as much on on sort of pure marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, so really it could be it could be any mix of, of any of all of the above. Well, I often maintain that, you know, when it comes to data, because we're talking about really the collection of data and information, that the real value comes in is when you can take action on that data. And the fact is that a lot of the advisors and agents out there, they have their CRM systems and they keep track of you know where the person lives they've got all that information the kids kids names hobbies how they even like their coffee when they come in to to sit down for a face to face so the big question here and I know there's been a lot of talk about this is how does hearsay 360 integrate and work with existing CRM systems 
I think one of the things that Robert just mentioned that was very interesting is, you know, there's a lot of things that we can recommend naturally given all the data we have, but frankly, a lot of, you know, a lot of our clients, a lot of companies have best practices that they want to overlay on that. And so as we look at things like CRM and kind of the core systems, there's really two big parts to that. One is our clients want to make sure that the, that their client experience is very seamless. And so as an example, if you're an insurance agent and someone had a claim over the weekend, probably with your direct claims department, you know, they want to notify the agent so that they can reach out the following week and make sure that that process went smoothly and frankly retain that client and do everything else. And so we can actually, you know, as we as we kind of grow the capabilities of the to-do list, we can actually start to take in events that are happening outside of our system or things that we don't know and still get it in front of the advisor where they may still want to go take action from content we have in the library or these types of things or channels that we have. And then in addition for that, we can feed a lot of the activity, in fact, all of the activity that we see in the system and the people that we see into the CRM systems for the most part so that, you know, from a pure client point of view, you can now look at a contract record and understand all engagements, whether they've been to the corporate website, whether they've called the support team, you know, had a claim, billing issue, or whether they walked into the agent's office and talked with them and, you know, like received emails, sent them text messages, anything like that. You can, you can really start to get a full view, which is really the goal of a lot of these CRM systems in the first place. So, uh, Mark, I know you've been on you've been on the road. You've been uh, all over the Midwest, et cetera, uh, recently. Just talking about 360, kind of talking to clients. That's I know how we build a lot of our product product roadmap is talking to customers, figuring out what their pains are, and then like prioritizing what we build as a team. Um, what's been the reaction? Like, do people get this? Like, does it make sense for them? What have you heard? Yeah, no, it's uh, you know definitely talked to a lot of clients in the last in the last you know few months about this, and even in the last week or two. Uh, the reaction has been super positive. I think you know the things that are landing very well. The people are removing these data silos, so today they know that all of these systems collect information at varying degrees. They can't really get at the information. They don't have a unified view across. So that's very appealing, as you'd imagine, especially for anyone who's like in a CTO or CIO role, where they're really trying to get a, a single view across their clients. Um, that's a very compelling piece for them. So I think as we've as we've learned, that is a very important piece, and, and frankly, one of the core kind of values of Hearsay 360. And then in addition to that, you know, I think everyone, as we've talked about earlier, is just is struggling with how do we get, you know, agents and advisors enabled on these channels so they can actually, you know, interact with their clients on their clients' terms because, you know, that's important for them. And, uh, you know, these companies are large companies and change management's hard for them and, and you know, large rollouts are hard. So, you know, we've done whatever we can and we, we still have more to do to try to make this as easy as we can to deploy, to make it as smooth as we can for agents and advisors. You know, as Robert was mentioning, we do a number of things to get people pulled into the system and make it easy for them to work. We take a lot of best practices from consumer software so that people can kind of come in and out very quickly. Um, and I would say both of those are resonating very, very well with people. Um, you know, a lot of people in the industry have um, older systems that they really want to get updated and, uh, and the capabilities are pretty appealing to them. So obviously an exciting time in Hearsay Social with the launch of Hearsay 360. We're really... Uh, looking forward to what this is going to make as far as an impact to the financial services industry. Just wanted to thank both Mark and uh, Robert for joining us and sharing a little bit more and shedding some light on the information regarding the new uh, product launch. Since we have product in the house, I thought it'd be fun to close with just like what your favorite apps are right now on your phone. I can go first. I'm going to ask you what your favorite app is in about <laughs> five seconds. My favorite app, I'm just looking at the my home screen, and I think my favorite app right now is Overcast, which I've been using since a coworker on the engineering team 
uh, introduced me to it. I've been using it to listen to podcasts mm. and actually speed up uh, the audio so I can consume more in less time, which is so nerdy. But <laughs> well, I hope no one's is. listening to our show and speeding us up. Maybe they're slowing us down. I think I talk fast enough sometimes. So Overcast for me, Mark, what's your favorite app right now? I have two big apps. This is going to sound like a plug, but it's not. But I've been using Hearsay Messages a ton because my entire team can only get a hold of me through Hearsay Messages, and it's the only thing I answer. I'm That's horrible why on you email. haven't been texting me back. That's why I've not been answering any of your emails either. Oh. Um, now and, we know how to get to Mark. Beyond that, Hungry Shark obviously is a big winner for me because I'm spending a lot of time on the airplane. I have no idea what that is. It's an awesome video game where you are a hungry shark going around eating things. <laughs> wow. Did they launch on like Shark Week? <laughs> no, they should have. <laughs> <laughs> Go to market. Uh, Robert, what's your favorite app right now? Well, Mark stole my plug. I was going to say the same thing. but uh, Wow, we had marketers in the house, too. Wow. I didn't realize that they Everybody's in marketing. No, I, would say, I would say the favorite app that I've, um, that I've discovered recently on my phone is an app called Streaks, which is actually a habit tracker. So you can sort of track like, you know, whether or not you're getting up at the right time and like, you know, eating healthy and things like that, um, you know. We're all super busy people, so I'm trying to make sure that uh, get a little older and trying to be a little healthier. And uh, it's helping me do that. So big fan, big fan of that app. That's a really good question. I think about it. I mean, people are going to walk away at 360. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Overcast and Hungry Shark and Streak. So I wrote these down. So I'm going to check those out. What about you, Victor? I, I'm still a big fan of Waze. I mean, it's the one that I use. It really gets me from point A to point B in the most efficient way and to travel up and down the peninsula, and you oh, really need something that like traffic. that. Oh, yeah. Did yeah. you hear that Google is launching a ride-sharing yeah, app I with Waze? Did. They They baited it in Mountain View, and now they're launching in San Francisco, so we'll have to next podcast. We'll yeah, I was going to say we'll this is going to have to be another a future podcast. So once again, this is Hearsay Social on the Air. We want to thank again our guests, Mark and Robert, for joining us and talking about Hearsay 360. And it's so good to have you back, Alyssa. Yeah, it's great. All right. So once again, you can find us on Twitter at uh, Hearsay Social and also at Victor Gaxiola at Alyssa Dos Santos. Follow along for the podcast on hashtag HS on air. But uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Thanks. All right. This has been a Hearsay Social production, recorded in our state-of-the-art recording studios in San Francisco, California, the Great Golden State, seated at the watery edge of the majestic Pacific Ocean. We'd like to take this brief moment in the vast expanse of time to thank you, our listeners, for lending us your ears, for we understand that your time is precious. Like the most delicately crafted pearl, cradled at the bottom of the sea. Truly, we hope to our most inner heart and soul that you'll consider joining us for next week's episode. But until then, Godspeed, and follow us on Twitter 